Good to see everybody this morning. Let me invite you to our passage, Matthew chapter 6. Matthew chapter 6, we want to read verses 1 through 8 and then verses 16 through 18. Be careful not to practice your righteousness in front of others to be seen by them. Otherwise, you have no reward with your Father in heaven. So whenever you give to the poor, don't sound a trumpet before you as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and on the streets to be applauded by people. Truly, I tell you, they have their reward. But when you give to the poor, don't let your left hand know what your right hand is doing so that your giving may be in secret and your father who sees in secret will reward you. Whenever you pray, you must not be like the hypocrites because they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by people. Truly, I tell you, they have their reward. But when you pray, go into your private room, shut your door and pray to your father who is in secret and your father who sees in secret will reward you. When you pray, don't babble like the Gentiles since they imagine they'll be heard for their many words. Don't be like them because your Father knows the things you need before you ask Him. Skip down to verse 16. Whenever you fast, don't be gloomy like the hypocrites, for they disfigure their faces so that their fasting is obvious to people. Truly, I tell you, they have their reward. But when you fast, put oil on your head and wash your face so that your fasting isn't obvious to others but to your Father who is in secret, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you. Would you pray with me? Father, as we come to your word this morning, God, I pray that I would preach it clearly, that you would give me clarity of speech and clarity of thought. Lord, I pray that you would be glorified and honored by what is said during this time. Lord, I pray for the hearts in this room, in the sanctuary, those who are in the gymnasium, who are joining online. God, I pray that through your word and through your Holy Spirit, you would speak to our hearts this morning. We ask this in Jesus' name, amen. Can I go ahead and uh, deal with the elephant in the room? Yes, I'm preaching on fasting on Super Bowl Sunday, okay? It was not the way I laid it out, but uh, when the Lord led us to start the Sermon on the Mount, I laid it out, and here we are on Super Bowl Sunday. You may be the only congregation in the United States hearing a sermon on fasting this morning. I would suspect you certainly are the only Baptist congregation hearing a sermon on fasting this morning, uh, but we want to hear what the Lord has to say to us. Let me say, we did skip a few verses this morning. That is our text for tonight. Uh, I felt like these passages went together, and then the sermon, uh, the Lord's Prayer, or the sample prayer, model prayer, uh, sort of stands alone, and so we're going to come back and look at that this evening. Just a reminder, that's at 5.30 tonight. But as we look here, talking about giving, praying, and fasting, here's the question. How should Christians go about doing their good deeds? Now, verse 1 is really an introductory thought to these verses. Uh, Jesus says to his followers, be careful not to practice your righteousness in front of others to be seen by them. Otherwise, you have no reward with your Father in heaven. He is saying that as we do our acts of righteousness, certainly that would include giving and praying and fasting, but might include all sorts of other things. He says, as you do those good deeds or acts of righteousness, 
We are to be concerned that our Father in heaven sees them, not that everybody else around us sees what we are doing. He'll work his way through these three specific examples this morning, but he's calling us to be mindful of what we do, but maybe more importantly, why we do what we do as believers. Let's jump into our text. First of all, I want us to see how to give in really verses 1 through 4, but let's pick up in verse 2. So whenever you give to the poor, don't sound a trumpet before you as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and on the streets to be applauded by people. Truly, I tell you, they have their reward. So what is the first thing that we need to know about how to give? Don't broadcast your giving. Now, I don't know of anybody who's carrying around a trumpet and before they go to the offering plate at the end of the service, plays a trumpet and says, everybody take note that I'm giving here. But we might do something very similar. We might, after the fact, go, well, did you hear the church had that special need and I just, I gave and I gave to it and we might talk about our giving. We might blow the trumpet afterwards and say, let me tell you what I've done. Or we may just drop it in conversation so that others know what it is we have done. And Jesus is saying to his followers, whenever you give, don't sound the trumpet. Whether it's beforehand or afterhand, don't announce what you're doing. If we let everybody know how we're giving, well, I, I, you know, I gave to the poor, I, I saw an opportunity, Lighthouse Ministry had a need, and I just gave to it. If we do that, We've gotten our reward. Don't expect a reward from your Father in heaven if you're going around telling everybody how you're doing your good deeds. And so don't broadcast your giving. When we were in college, we used to have teams that would go out, and we called them ministry teams. Uh, We actually called them jam teams, Jesus and me teams. But we would go and we would do youth lock-ins, we would do youth revivals, we would do church revivals, and we would do all sorts of things. But one of the things that we would do is we had a a particular skit that we would do talking about about how to give in church. And, uh, and the person would say, now when you go to give in the offering plate, you take your wallet out and you hold it up and you, you make sure that everybody in the congregation sees you're pulling money out of your wallet and you hold it up so that the people behind you can see that you're about to give. And then as the offering plate goes, make sure you stand up and grab the offering plate. And, let, and, and we were illustrating the absurdity of doing that. Now we probably would never do it just like that, but we might tell people how we give. We might remind people how we uh, serve the others by helping those with needs and give needs. So we don't broadcast our giving, but we do give with right motives. Uh, Notice what he says here, but when you give to the poor, don't let your left hand know what your right hand is doing so that your giving may be in secret and your father who sees in secret will reward you. Sometimes we're tempted to let other folks know what we're doing. We never have to let God know what we're doing, though, do we? He sees it all. He knows everything. He knows how we give. He knows whether we give out of a heart that is giving so that he will be honored or whether we're giving out of a heart so that we would be honored, so that others would know how we give, so that others would see us give, so that we might get the credit for giving and fulfilling a need. And so as we see this idea of Jesus talking to his disciples about how to give, there are two major truths. Don't broadcast your giving. Rather, do it in secret so that God who sees all things, we don't have to call God's attention to it. We don't have to pray about it and say, God, I hope you saw how much I put in the offering plate on Sunday. No. 
He's aware, and not only is he aware of how much we put in or did not put in, he knows why we did it. He knows our heart. And so we must give with the right motives. I want to draw your attention to some words that we're going to see over and over again. If we go back to verse 2, it says, So whenever you give to the poor, don't sound a trumpet before you as the hypocrites do. And then in verse 4, it says, So that your giving may be in secret, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you. In each of our passages, on each of our subject matter, uh, uh, we, we see this morning, he's going to talk about the hypocritical way to do it or the way the hypocrites do it. And then he's going to say, rather, we who are disciples ought to do our good deeds in secret. We're not to go around talking about how we do things. We're not to go around talking about what we do. We're just to do it and let God be honored. It's hard sometimes to just let God be honored and not let Richard be honored. And sometimes we want to use the talents and the gifts and, and the, uh, the, uh, the money that God has given us, not just to bring glory and honor to God, but to bring glory and honor to Richard. By the way, you insert your name there. Sometimes we want to use it, not so much so that God will be honored and glorified, but so that we will be honored and glorified. Well, I hope whoever collects the offering saw how much Richard gave this week. We ought to be more concerned about does God see how much he's blessed us and how we honor him with what we've been blessed with. And so we're not to be like the hypocrites. We're not to be blowing a trumpet as we give. You shouldn't stand up and hold your offering up so everybody can see it and then put it in the offering plate. Rather, we're to give not letting the left hand know what the right hand do. We're to give out of a heart that says, Lord, I'm so grateful for what you've given me, and here is a small part back. You use it as you see fit. So not only do we see how to give, though, next we see how to pray. In verse 5, he says, whenever you pray, you must not be like the hypocrites, because they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by people. Truly, I tell you, they have their reward. When we pray, whether we pray privately or whether we pray publicly, our audience is not the people we're in front of. When I pray during the service, I really shouldn't give a whole lot of thought about what you think about my prayer. I really shouldn't give a whole lot of thought about how you hear my prayer. I'm not praying to any of you. I am praying to God. And so rather than being concerned about what others would hear, rather than being concerned about stumbling over words because there are others in the room, I ought to be mindful that I'm talking to God. I ought to be mindful and, and not concerned about what others think, but mindful about what God thinks. He says, whenever you pray, you must not be like the hypocrites. They love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by people. Why do we pray? Do we pray so that others will say, wow, did you hear that prayer? Like he prayed for seven minutes this morning. Uh, now, some of us would think how holy, and some of us would think, no, 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 I'm sorry. None of us would ever think that, right? All right, no. But sometimes we pray and we talk and we see, say things because we want others to hear what we have to say. But we're not praying for, to other people. We're praying to God. Don't pray to be heard is what he says. Don't pray to be heard by man. We ought to be praying to be heard by God. 
but we ought not to be praying so that others will hear us. Next, he says to be praying privately. But when you pray, go into your private room, shut your door, and pray to your Father who is in secret. And your Father who sees in secret, there's that word again, will reward you. We ought to be praying privately. Now, here's the deal. We need people to pray. We need people to pray in services. We've had people already this morning pray. We will have more people pray this morning. Tonight, we will have folks from the congregation who will pray. We need people to pray publicly. There is a call and a time and a place for public prayers. But for everybody who prays publicly, we ought to be those who pray more privately. We should never be those who say, well, it's my turn to pray again I'll prepare to pray in the service this morning. No, we ought to be praying a lot more in our private time than we ever pray in our public time. And so pray privately. Don't babble. And then notice the next thing he says, when you pray, verse 7, when you pray, don't babble like the Gentiles, since they imagine they will be heard for their many words. I'm going to step out on a limb here. Y'all promise not to be offended? No, I need, I need everybody to say I promise. No, all right, I'm going there whether you're offended or not. Here's the deal. There's a temptation, and I think probably all of us who pray publicly have faced this temptation. When we pray publicly, sometimes we are tempted to use really big theological words. Or sometimes we're tempted to use the King James English. We don't ever use thee and thou in our normal everyday speech, but somehow when we go to pray, suddenly they start showing up. Or sometimes we use repetitive phrases like uh, our Heavenly Father, Lord God Almighty, and we say them over and over again. And sometimes it's out of nervousness, and that's okay. And sometimes it's just repetitive. We don't know what else to say. And here Jesus says we shouldn't be like the Gentiles who repeat and say things over and over again and imagine that if they just use the right word or use the right number of words, they'll be heard. Can I I tell you a secret? You know this. What are some of the best prayers you've ever heard? The prayers of children, right? How many of us have heard a child pray and we walk away and go, oh, my heart was just warmed. Now, when a child prays, do they go, Oh, dear Lord on high, how holy. No, they go, God, I want you to do this. Will you be with Mimi? Will you help Mimi to be better? Jesus, thank you for loving us. Amen. And you go, it was 10 words. But you knew what that child was praying about, and you knew what was important to that child. We need to be more childlike in our prayers. Here's, Here's where we are. Every prayer has a purpose, right? Even the prayers that we have in public worship. When we start the service off, we're praying that the Lord would be with us in this service. Now, we may mention other things and we may have other requests, but the primary reason for us to open the service with prayer is saying, Lord, we want you to be at work in this service. When I was pastoring, Actually, when I was being interviewed to be a pastor uh, at Mount Olive Baptist Church, they were interviewing me. One of the questions that came up from the congregation is, do you call people out to pray from the, from the congregation? And I said, well, to be honest with you, this is my first time pastoring. I haven't really thought about that. Why do you ask? And the guy said, our last pastor would just call people out at random, and we hated it. We never heard what songs we were singing. We never heard what the sermon was about because we were all sitting there going, I hope he doesn't call on me at the end of the service to pray. Some of you felt that way. 
And I said, well, I hear your concern. Let me say, we won't do that. We'll plan and we'll let folks know and we'll, we'll, we'll plug it in and we'll do that. Ten years later, as I left the church, that same gentleman came to me and he said, uh, you know, we're going to have an issue. You're leaving and we're going to have to, we as the congregation, we as the deacons, we're going to have to do a lot more praying in the public service. You often opened the church with prayer. You often said the prayer right before the sermon. You often closed out the prayer, but we're probably going to have to be doing a lot more of that. And he says, I still don't like to pray publicly. It still makes me nervous and nauseous. Can you help me? And I said, let me tell you what I think will help. Be like a child. Think about why you're praying. If it's opening up the service, what do you want God to do in the service? And as simply as you can, tell him what you want him to do. Maybe you're praying for the offering. What are you praying about? And as simply as you can, tell God what you want him to do. Lord, I pray that you would take these offerings, that you would use them for your church and our church family, and that you would grow your kingdom. Amen. And that is a perfectly acceptable, God-honoring, if it flows from the heart, prayer about the offering. And we who pray do not need to be those who use many words. There's no secret phrase that gets our prayer heard in heaven. It is heard in heaven because we belong to God. He is our Father. And so when we call out and say, Oh God, would you hear our prayers? The answer is yes. And so we don't have to use lots of words. We don't have to use the right words. We just have to pray to him. And so when we pray, we don't pray to be heard by others. We pray privately. We don't babble. And then fourthly, we remember why we pray. Don't be like them because your father knows the things you need before you ask him. We're not bringing something to God's attention. But we're not coming and saying, God, you're not aware of this, but I'm going through some difficulty. Would you please work? No, he's aware. And yet we say, God, I know you're aware, but God, you know my heart. This is what's heavy on my heart this morning. These are the people that are heavy on my heart. And so, God, I'm asking you to work on their behalf. God, I'm asking you to intercede in this situation. God, I'm overwhelmed by this situation. I know you're not God. You see my heart, and you know I'm overwhelmed by this situation. So, oh God, would you work how to pray? We pray so that God will hear us. We pray so that it's an opportunity to let God know we want him to work in these areas in our lives. But we see the same temptation, the idea to be like the hypocrites and to not pray in secret. Then thirdly this morning, I want us to see how to fast in verses 16 through 18. Look what he says here. Whenever you fast, don't be gloomy like the hypocrites, for they disfigure their faces so that their fasting is obvious to people. But the first thing I want us to see is don't be obvious about your fasting. Now, I'm going to be, I'm going to break that rule this morning. I'm going to tell you uh, I've been fasting for about a month, not, not because of, of a religious fasting. I've been intermittent fasting um, so that I can lose weight. I'm fasting because I'm overweight. My pants don't fit well. That's why I'm fasting. But it has made me hangry. Are you familiar with hangry, hungry, and angry? It is, I have been eating popcorn and rice cakes and protein shakes for lunch for a month. You know what I really want to do? I want to go to Krispy Kreme and have three dozen donuts and pass out in a diabetic coma. That's what I want to do. 
And here's what happened. I was, going, I was going over to greet the Hispanic congregation this morning and let them know we're glad they're there. And a brother stepped off the elevator with a box of Dunkin' Donuts and said, do you want a donut? I wanted to tackle him and grab the whole box. I've been miserable for a month. I'm not eating what I want. I've been happy to tell others. Now, here's the secret. I'm not fasting for religious purposes. I'm fasting for health. But I've told people how hangry I have been. I've talked about just wanting to go in and have three dozen Krispy Kreme donuts. When we fast before God, we're not to be obvious we're not to go around and say, well, I haven't had anything to eat in three days. I'm honoring, I'm just honoring the Lord here. I just wanted you to know a friend calls us and says, hey, we're going to lunch at Chili's. And we go, no, I can't go. I'm honoring the Lord by fasting. No, we just say, hey, I can't make it today. Thanks so much for the invite. Love you. And we keep fasting and we fast before the Lord. We're not like the hypocrite. We don't go around going, oh, let me tell you how hangry I am. Let me tell you how hungry I am. I've been fasting to the Lord for three days and all I really want is a pizza. No, we just keep it between us and the Lord. We honor him. We don't be obvious with our fasting. Verse 17 says, but when you fast, put oil on your head and wash your face so that your fasting isn't obvious to others, but to your Father who is in secret. Your Father who sees in secret will reward you. As Jesus talks to his followers about giving and about praying and about fasting, you know what two things kept coming up? Don't be like the hypocrites. Don't blow trumpets before you give. Don't let everybody know how you pray. Don't stand in the synagogue and stand on the street corners praying. Don't pray with many words so that they will think that you are learned and, uh, and more holy. Don't be obvious in your fasting, walking around about how hungry you are and, and your face being gloomy. But rather, as you give, give in secret. Just give before the Lord. As you pray, pray in secret. Just pray before the Lord. As you fast, fast in secret. Just fast before the Lord. Here are the temptations when we're doing our good deeds. Wanting to be seen. There's a temptation as we do good that we sort of hope others might see. So they'll go, well, man. Look at Richard. Look at what he's doing. Look at how faithful he is. Look at how he is serving. You know how pastors are tempted to do this? They're the hero of every illustration in their, in their sermons. They tell how they do everything right. But you know better than that, right? Like, you know pastors are just humans. We don't get everything right. So we need to be honest. Drawing attention to ourselves we all have seen people do the right thing for the wrong reasons. I've heard that phrase my whole life since I was a child. Don't do the right things for the wrong reasons. When you do the right things for the wrong reasons, you've done the wrong thing. I don't do good deeds so that others would see and take notice and pat me on the back. 
we as believers do our good deeds to bring glory and honor to his name, not our name. Doing deeds for any other reason but God. Why is it that we as believers would give? Because God has given to us. Why is it that we as believers would pray, and not just pray occasionally, but would actually be people of prayer? Because we are desperately dependent upon God. Why is it that we would fast? Because we know that our heart and our flesh often does not feel like honoring God. Often I'm more concerned about what I can put into my mouth and will go into my stomach than I am about, oh God, would you speak to my heart And so when we do our good deeds, we do them to the Lord before the Lord. When we give, we give because of what God has given to us. When we pray, we pray because we know how desperately we depend on God for everything. And when we fast, we are reminding ourselves that our lives are not about anything this world has to offer, even Krispy Kreme donuts. Our lives are about Jesus. Our lives are about honoring him. Our lives are about wanting more of him than we want more of anything else. How do we give? How do we pray? How do we fast? How do we do all of our good deeds? Making sure that we are not like the hypocrites calling attention to ourselves and doing them secretly before the Lord so that he will be honored and so that he will see our hearts. Would you pray with me, please? Father, as we come today to this time of decision and reflection, Lord, you, you do see our hearts. God, you know where we're at. You know what's going on in each of our lives. You know the areas where we have done things so that we will be seen. And Lord, you also know where we have done things so that you would see and be glorified. Lord, maybe there are things that we need to get right this morning. Maybe there are things that we need to confess and say, Lord, I did that so that somebody else would see. Would you forgive me? And then, Lord, would you help me to only only do these good deeds so that you would know, so that you would be honored? Maybe there are some other things that we need to get right. Maybe we've not been doing the good deeds that God has called us to, and maybe today we are under conviction about that, and we need to confess that and get that right before him. Maybe there are other decisions. Maybe you're here today and you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior. And during this invitation time, you need to confess your sin and place your faith in Jesus. I pray that you would do that. Maybe maybe the Lord's laid another decision on your heart. God, we ask during this time that you would allow us to be obedient to what it is you are doing in our lives that we would simply respond by faith and obedience before you. Lord, use this invitation time as you see fit. It is in the precious name of Jesus we pray. Amen. This morning we're going to sing hymn number 296, Jesus is Lord of all. Would you stand with me as we sing this morning?
Amen. I hope that each heart and life is right with the Lord this morning. The Lord bless you. I'm going to ask Brother Neil to come and pray for us if he'll close our service out and also pray for our offering, please, sir. Join me in prayer, please. Precious Father, we do thank you so much for this day that you've given us. We, uh, we thank you for the rain that you sent our way. We thank you for the sun that, that you give us that warms the earth. We thank you, Father, for the very air that we breathe. That's a gift also from you. I thank you for this message today on giving, praying, fasting. Father, I, will you please forgive us where we have failed you in any of these things where we have not been obedient. Father, we, sometimes we don't know how to pray. It's, uh, it can be eloquent, it can be long, it can be short. But Father, we, uh, sometimes we just don't know what to pray. But we do know that we love you, and we know that you love us. And we thank you so much for your son that died on the cross we thank you for the opportunity that you do give us to give back to you. And, Father, I just uh, pray that we, uh, we search our heart. If, uh, if things are not right there with you, Father, I just pray that you would forgive us for that and that we would, uh, we would do what is right, that it would honor you, and we, uh, we give you all the praise and all the honor and all the glory. In Jesus' name, amen.